I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 152. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, now I'm sitting with not just one adorable adopted grandson, but now I'm sitting with his absolutely stunningly sweet and beautiful new wife, Betsy. So the reason we're not telling their last names is because they're going to a very unreached... How would you describe where you're going in terms of description of the you know, in terms of the welcome to mm. missionaries and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so I would think we're going, I would say we're going to a kind of sensitive yes. country in the Middle East. That's perfect. Um, and so just, yeah, we just have to be a little extra careful. That's right. So we're not giving last names or too many details just to protect the our precious brothers and sisters in that country yes. mm. that are at a lot more risk than even right. we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, I mean, I could interview you about your love story. Maybe we'll do another podcast someday about that (laughs) because it is really an epic love story. But um, the culmination of it is that you both shared a missionary calling. And I'd like to hear from both of you how your history and your childhood and your spiritual experiences have led you both separately to really embrace a missionary calling. So, mm-hmm. Betsy, well, let's start with you, Allison, because she, she was invited into really mm-hmm. your calling. So yeah. let's start with yours. Yes. So I think for me, um, familially, my uh, grandparents were missionaries in Brazil for 50 years. Yes. And so um, I think it, I, growing up, it was always um, kind of a very open option mm-hmm. for me. And uh, we had a lot of people visit us in our home that were returning from different trips or headed to trips overseas. And so I think just hearing their stories was huge. And these were lifers. These were not just people going on a two-week missionary trip. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where it started for me. When I was eight, I pretty much decided at that point that I was wanting to be uh, a missionary. Wow. Mm -hmm. Were there any books that influenced you as well? Um, yes, I, I have a few missionary heroes, mm-hmm. probably at the top. One of the top ones is Gladys Aylward. Yes. Um, cause she's amazing. <laughs> she's I absolutely know. incredible. I know. And her life of faith is just wonderful. Um, more recently, I think Hudson Taylor is a huge yes. missionary hero of mine. Yes. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think, uh, the Chariots of Fire guy. Um, Eric Little. Thank you, Eric mm-hmm. Little. Eric Little as well. Um, and so uh, those are kind of ones that growing up. But I feel like I'm always adding new missionary heroes of mm-hmm. that have gone before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Me too. I just can't stop reading missionary biographies. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I always say it's like going to the chiropractor. They realign you. Mm. You know, you start mm. to fall into the whole materialism trap or mm. whatever, you know, the, the curses of our culture and day. Yeah. Mm. And and then you read about some of these people and the things that they suffered mm. and, and did it gladly as as under the mm. Lord and never even had a furlough. They would build a um, coffin, put all their stuff in the coffin mm-hmm. And ship it to where they were going, knowing that they were going to die there, and they didn't have wood to build a coffin, so they'd 
use that as their trunk. Right. Like, who thinks like that today, you know? Right. It's so humbling it as is. we read these stories. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, when did you first, what, so, what were some of your first mission experiences, Ellison, as the Lord started to draw you into this world? Yeah. Well, I think um, a couple of trips to Brazil, one when I was two, so yeah. I don't really remember much about that. Yes. <laughs> but um, the next trip was, I think, when I was 10 or 11, um, which was wonderful. And then the next trip I had overseas was um, when I was 13 or 14. Uh, I went to Nigeria with my dad, mm-hmm. and that was absolutely wonderful. I had never seen the persecuted church up close. Yes. And was just so struck by the amount of joy they had. Yes. Uh, and it was contagious. And so they prayed so many prayers over me during that time that were so formational for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and really... Yeah, I think in a way that was for me a real baptism in the spirit mm-hmm. um, that I had never experienced before mm-hmm. um, and had me even more set on a kind of a missionary track, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that took some, you know, twists and turns, mm-hmm. but the Lord was gracious enough to, to keep me to that, mm-hmm. that track. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then how did the Lord begin to draw you to the Middle East? Yeah, well, the other trip I took uh, was... In my junior year of high school, I lived in Brazil for a year. And so I think that I always kind of just assumed I'd go back to Brazil. We had families that, family there. Um, there was uh, work actually with a favela ministry there, which is like a slum ministry. Yes. And so I thought I'd get involved in that. Um, but the Lord just had a different plan for me. And uh, due to some of the things I'd seen in Nigeria and the way that um, I had perceived Muslims and their... Um, yeah, their animosity yes. towards Christians yes. and um, the persecution that happened there. I think I had developed a really hardened heart towards um, the people of the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, the different countries, yes. and specifically Muslims. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord first just started by asking me a question, which was, Ellison, would you consider um, praying, just praying for Muslims um, and praying for the region? And I said, yeah, I would, I would do that. And so for me, I just started adding at the end of my time of prayer, I would just put my hand on the map over the Middle East and just pray for the Middle East, pray for Muslims uh, to come to know Jesus. And over that time, um, my heart just started softening uh, towards um, Muslims. And so it kind of moved in stages from there. Um, But I was really thankful to have an older man in ministry really call me onto the field. Oh, how um, do you do that? So that's that's a great question. <laughs> so I had been trying to get overseas in a, a variety of different ways. Um, and finally I asked the Lord, you know, it seems like I'm trying to get overseas and you're almost blocking me. It seems like it's impossible. I had flights canceled. I had so many different things go wrong. Um, and uh, the Lord just said, well, it's because you're not ready. And I said, okay, what do I need to do to be ready? And he gave me three concrete things. Um, and one of those was that when the time came, an older man would call me into ministry mm-hmm. um, because I was unsure at that point what was my striving and what was a call. Yes. And so, yeah, that happened a week after we were engaged, actually, which mm. pulls Betsy into the conversation very nicely. <laughs> well played, Let, yes. yes. So, Betsy, you meet this darling young man at Wheaton College, mm-hmm. and he is pretty special on many levels. Yes, he's But very you special. are equally delightful. 
And you started dating. Mm -hmm. So when did Allison drop this little piece of news on you that he came as a package with some other things? He wasn't just going to be your boyfriend or fiancé, but what did that entail? Right at the beginning of dating, Allison laid all his cards on the table, which I appreciate a man who's honest, um, that he said, hey, just so you know, if we're going to do this, you need to know that this is my track, this is my trajectory, doing missions and if that's something you think you can be a part of that's great and I'd love to keep dating you but if that's not something you think can be a part of your life then it'd be best if we didn't date and went our own ways so Allison you were willing to give up the dream of your life with this young lady because you were putting the Lord even before this beautiful relationship um, that's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> I think there were a lot of motives for me, um, some of which were holy, some of which weren't. Um, and I think for me, yeah, it was multiple different things. And I, I think actually the amazing thing about um, being married and going on to the field is uh, I think that you can share the value of family mm-hmm. with so many other yes. people around the world. Modeling. Um, yeah, and and. Part of what people want to see is how do you live with your family? Yes. And especially in a Muslim context, yes. that's super countercultural. It mm-hmm. sure um, is. And so honoring your wife, yes. um, the, the wife honoring her husband mm-hmm. through service out of love mm-hmm. is so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and even children being close to their parents, yeah. it's not, mm-hmm. especially their fathers, mm-hmm. is not common. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, yeah, I think that I wish I had had all of those amazing motivations i think that i had um a few of them but uh there was also i think a desire to just um trailblaze and do a pioneering work Mm -hmm. and so the lord did an amazing work bringing betsy into my life because it really focused me i think and helped me realize yeah this isn't um first and foremost this is about the church Mm -hmm. and it's about family Mm -hmm. um and if your work isn't focused on those two things you're going to really stray in yes. different directions mm. so. so tell us the three things the lord gave you and how it worked out and then weave betsy betsy you jump in too because okay. you're part of the story <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah um so the three things the lord gave me um to do uh the first was to go back to school i had in our your previous mm-hmm. podcast we yeah. talked a little bit about that that i had left a wee in um and i actually just started dishwashing and i did that for about two years um, while I was still praying about, um, yeah, the call to mission. And paying off your debt. Right, and that was the focus, school was paying off my school debt. That really holds you back from the mission field, it we can. know this. Yeah, yes. I really can. Yes. Um, and so, um, yeah, but I got to meet some great saints that also dishwash for a long period of time, like Brother Lawrence and oh, other people like that. And amen. so it was amazing to, to see that as a real, for me, I trace that as one of the most important schools yes. that I've ever been with, with the Lord. Um, uh, a school of humility and a school of learning to share with unbelievers because mm-hmm. I was surrounded by unbelievers. So, so yeah, from from dishwashing, the Lord just said, uh, I want you to go back to school. And I thought that I would finish actually there. Um, I want you to make sure that you're at peace with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that meant, uh, yeah, just going, digging into some relationships yes. where there was some tension yes. there and coming to uh, more peace mm-hmm. as much as it was by me yes. to be at peace with all men. Yes. And so that was the second thing. And then the third thing was that um, a, an older man in ministry would call me to come follow him and be discipled by him. Um, so tell us about that. Yeah. So um, 
Betsy and I had gotten engaged a week before mm-hmm. on Easter, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. Very fun. Um, <laughs> it's great to couple two celebrations together. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and... Uh, I got a call from a man who had been doing some mentoring um, for me and that I'd met about a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had moved back to the Middle East and was doing ministry. Um, and he called me and said, you know, Ellison, I've been praying about this and I really feel like the Lord's telling me to call you into ministry. He yes. gave those exact same words, the same wow. phrase that mm-hmm. I've been praying about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And so he said, you're going to come live with us. In the uh, Middle East. Yes. And he said, the only place that we have for you is on the roof. Yes. So we actually built a tent up there um, and, and on the, the roof. And the roof is a little different. Right. They're and, flat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we weren't, yeah, we weren't, you know, into aesthetic practices or like St. Anthony of the Desert or something. <laughs> Sitting on like a, a, a you know, a sloped roof. Right, right, yeah. right. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, so, uh, so anyway, we, we... Um, you went with some friends? I went with some friends. So I ended up um, asking two other guys I grew up with that were also homeschooled. Yes. Uh, and are great friends, great brothers yes. in the Lord. Yes. Um, not by blood, but almost uh-huh. uh, in so many ways. And so uh, we all went together, the three of us, and yeah, lived on the roof and did a lot of uh, work with Arabic. Yes. Um, learning so Arabic you were going to Arabic language school? In the mornings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, then in the afternoon. In the afternoons, we ended up working for a Syrian shepherd. Yes, um, which was awesome. I did yeah. not expect to be doing that, um, and so. So a Bedouin shepherd. Yeah. Who just lives out in the fields, round the clock yeah. with their sheep. Right, middle of the desert. So they still pretty much live like they did in the Abrahamic. Yes. Time. So yes. it's it's um, all tents. Right. Uh, yeah, and with some weird, you know. Uh, modernization kicked in there, so it's it's a very I know like weird. a dish for your internet or whatever it is. On right? The top yeah, of the tent. yeah. And I've they have a, they have iPhones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this one, this specific place was behind a, a gas station, so it wasn't quite you know picturesque, yeah. but it was amazing work. And yeah. I think we were really thankful we'd be able to do something practical as well to help. Yeah. So the guy we were helping had. Uh, 10 kids so he had a big family mm-hmm. and he was looking over a thousand sheep with one other guy so he was way overworked wow. and we were able just to come four or five times a week for a few hours and just yes. help him out yes yeah. yeah so where was Betsy in all this so off you went to the Middle East <laughs> yes. to work as a shepherd and learn Arabic mm-hmm. and Betsy was home doing what making quilts what were you doing <laughs> I want to learn to make quilts so you ever want to have a quilt making date Auntie Carol I would love that I was finishing my senior year at Wheaton College mm-hmm. and wedding planning yes. and going through a season of waiting on the Lord and having a really strong conviction that even though Ellison and I were in different places mm-hmm. the Lord was calling us to the same ministry yeah. of missions and that we just got to be boots on the ground in different places and mm. something we have a huge heart for is being bridge builders between the church in the east and the church in the west oh. so i was thankful for a season of finishing school and ending trying to end one chapter of my life well yes while also preparing for the next yes yeah. So you went to visit Ellison one time, though, I right? Did, yes, yes. I got to visit him. Mm-hmm. And did the Lord do anything in your heart while you were there? Yeah, I felt a confirmation of a lot of joy while I was there, and a lot mm-hmm. of peace. 
I didn't grow up with a missions background like Ellison did. Talk about that. I grew up in the church, which I'm really thankful for. The church I grew up in was very theologically strong, Mm -hmm. but there's such an emphasis on head knowledge. I think the going and doing part of faith, the faith without works is dead from James, wasn't something that was emphasized a lot. Yes. Um, So missions wasn't at the forefront of uh, different sermons or conversations at my church. So I didn't have a lot of experience in missions growing up, but Mm -hmm. I think my call to missions was much more one day at a time, a step of obedience Mm -hmm. and seeing the Lord multiply my yes and a willingness to be surrendered to him and not live a life of half devotion where you're following Jesus, but also you have the things that you want to be doing, Mm -hmm. holding on tightly to and unwilling to give those to the Lord. And I think Ellison's season of working as a dishwasher and then going to the Middle East was a good season for me also learning to just release things to the Lord and see an increase of joy and peace in my life as I surrendered more of my life mm. to him. And that was really uh, highlighted when I got to visit him in the Middle East as yes. well. So now you're getting ready to leave when? Well, we're hoping like we're hoping to leave in March, but mm-hmm. we're so very still soon. sorting out some details. Yeah, yeah. sure. Mm. And... Um, so right now you're kind of sharing your story, going to churches that you've been invited to, and mm-hmm. and um, just kind of taking your victory lap before <laughs> you leave the country. <laughs> what what are your biggest? Um, do, what do you see yourselves doing there, or what are your plans when you when you get there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, just through prayer and through seeking the Lord's face, uh, we've actually come to a pretty specific vision for what we're praying the Lord will uh, do that we'd love for anyone who's listening and you've already committed to praying for it so we're so thankful for that mm-hmm. it's Carol but um, yeah we we really feel like the work of um, the church is essential and uh, you know it's amazing um, we were even reading it last night um, just the the truth of John 1, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that light is the people of God that lights the church. Um, And in the Middle East, we have a unique opportunity amidst a lot of turmoil, amidst a lot of darkness to be a light, but we can't do it alone. We have to do it as the body. And so for us, that's um, Anglican church planting and so we'll be working with anglican house churches um and what's so neat about this and i'll just do this as a little side note is that uh for people in the anglican world and in anglicanism um muslim background believers really connect to the anglican way um, because it has these rituals and liturgies that really connect to your life um, daily life in the muslim faith and so for for muslims they have specific times that they pray and you know in anglicanism we have specific times that we pray (laughs) and so we have the daily office and they have their prayers so actually when we were working with uh the shepherds it was so interesting because they would go inside the tent to do their prayers we'd sit outside and do our noonday prayer or (laughs) compline um yeah and so uh, there's an amazing way there, and we've just seen a community of believers that's growing there. Yes. Um, and we're so shocked to see that. We're so thankful for the generations that have gone before that have planted for so many years, and we're reaping yes. uh, what they sowed. 
And so we're thankful for that. So that's specifically what we'll be doing is in good church planting, lots of Arabic school Mm -hmm. will be kind of our first big uh, thing that we need to keep working on and we'll continue for a while. Um, But yeah, so that'll be, that'll be our Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Betsy, what is your, what, what are you feeling on your heart? Like, what do you, if people are listening to this right now, what would you ask them to pray for you about? I think a prayer request that a lot of believers, Muslim background believers in the Middle East pray that something Ellison and I have tried to adopt is the prayer of praying, of walking without stumbling. Mm. I think for us, it's easy to look at all of the steps ahead and I can get discouraged of, Lord, how will this all work out? How will this all work together? There's so much uh, to learn and so many steps in the process, but to have a receive the daily bread from the Lord that we need and to walk without stumbling and to not fear stumbling but to have a focused gaze on the face of Christ and when you're remembering Jesus is with you and for you and goes before you there's a lot of joy and I think Mm -hmm. for Ellison and I it can be easy to yeah you can you can get bogged down yeah bogged Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. in all the little details Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is a season where we have a lot of little details in front of us (laughs) i imagine to walk without stumbling and to have our eyes just fixed on the lord with joy Mm -hmm. i think would be a big prayer request that i would share i love that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right well why don't we pray with our listeners and maybe before we could pray tell me i would love to just um send some greetings from believers in the Middle East. They have, we feel really humbled to carry their greetings, but I was there recently. And um, they just have such a heart of love uh, for believers in the West. And they, when I first got there, I was, my assumption was just because they experienced so much suffering and they're under such a high level of persecution that they would look down on our sufferings in the West. Yes, And it was quite the opposite. We felt just their their uh, you know presupposition is just like well everyone suffers if you're a Christian, and so they totally they look at the West with eyes of love, um, and they wanted me to communicate the message that they love you, they love yes. the church uh, here, yes, they pray for the church here, wow. um, and they're praying that the church would awaken, um, and that they would have uh, just a fire, a new fire in the church, and so that's yes. what they're praying, yes, um, and so. If you think of it, please pray for well, believers in the Well, how about if you lead us then in prayer, Let's pray for sure. Yeah, would yeah. you mind? And that will close us out. Heavenly Father, um, we humble ourselves before you. We thank you so much for Auntie Carol and this opportunity just to have a conversation about it, what it means just to be a believer, what it means to follow you, Lord, what it means to be obedient. Um, and I pray now even for anyone who's listening that you would uh, just touch their hearts with conviction, Lord. Um, and maybe you are calling um, a couple of people who are listening to um, missions, either in the Middle East or around the world. And if you are, Lord, I just pray that you would help them to know now that you see them in whatever room they are and whatever activity they're doing right now, um, that you are with them and that you see them and that you're calling them, Lord. That the call still goes forth, that that still happens, that there are still um, missionaries who uh, may not physically pack all their things in coffins but who spiritually do Mm -hmm. and who have a commitment to the people they're going to Mm -hmm. so i pray that you would just um yeah meet those people lord and we thank you just for this opportunity and we pray that you would also encourage and strengthen 
uh, the persecuted believers of the Middle East, Lord. Yes. We thank you for our brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in the East, yes. for their strength, mm-hmm. their conviction of faith, Lord, mm-hmm. their obedience. We pray that you would give us the same power to walk in obedience as they mm-hmm. have, Lord. Mm-hmm. We bless them and we thank you for their prayers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray this all in the holy and blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. What an honor to get to spend time with both of you and your heart for the world. And um, it's contagious. Mm -hmm. So just keep spreading the light of Christ. And um, yeah, wow. Woo! Thank you, Betsy. And thank you, Allison. And thank you, listeners, for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. I love to help families homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. When you help me get the word out about what I'm doing here, I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember, Jesus' commandments are not burdensome. What he calls you to do, he will enable you to do. Blessings.